Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you so much for joining me again today. I'm really appreciative of your presence. Uh, I hope you had a great day. So today we're going to talk about something slightly off topic. Um, I've always talked about anything that has to do with religions and regimes and today we're going to talk about Serena Williams. And you're asking, what is this got to do with religions and regimes? My dear friend, every junction in life is an intellectual laboratory. Every time you come to a junction, it is important to look at all the angles, all the 360 degrees, offload the labels, offload... Um, the layers and layers of accumulation of data, understand the currents that form the waves that have brought us to this junction, the atwa, all that lies in between, and, 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 and take from there what we can learn. And from this junction, we can learn a lot of things. Now, I used to be a, a little tennis player. I wouldn't consider myself a tennis player, but I was very into tennis growing up. Um, I played a lot, competition and all of that. So I, I followed tennis to the core every single match, Grand Slam, everything. I, I, I Not only I play the game, I don't play it anymore, but I, I can un I understand the game, the rules, everything, the, the, the shots. The, I played it competitively, okay? Um, and it, it was uh, great, and it still is great. It's a great sport. And uh, so I was watching uh, this one match was the 2018 US Open with Serena Williams in the final. Um, and the Japanese player, um, Osaka. Um, so, um, I, I'm, I'm sure you've heard about it if you know about Serena Williams. So I'm going to use this to talk about Serena Williams. Now, I just want to say that I'm a big fan of the Williams family. Massive fan. I started in the 90s when I saw a write-up about her father talking about his two daughters in one of the sports week or something like that. And I'll let's start by saying I had a crush on his on their father. I didn't have any liking to the girls, but I had a crush on their father. I thought he was very well spoken. He was I thought he was really cute back then. And uh, it was amazing uh, because I come from a broken home. So I was always looking to other parents uh, to see what I could learn from them. Whatever they said, however they taught their children. Um, I would learn, I would try and, and pick up whatever... Um, you know, advice that they gave their children and how they counsel their children. And from there, I would pick up and learn and, you know, use it in my own life. So I was li listening to Sports Week and I, and I saw this and I thought, well, this man is a wonderful, great father to his kids, but he was cute. I have to say that. And I started falling, you know, in those days we had, you know, little tennis, whatever was on the, on TV. Um, not much uh, compared to what it is nowadays. Um, and I followed them, followed them, not for the girls, but for him. And then slowly by slowly, I, I started realizing that, look, these girls are good. And, you know, I finally started liking them. I like the family as a whole, not just Serena or Williams, because they bring about many lessons in life that could be learned. So I'm going to, but this, this, this particular uh, chapter is on, is taking out of context um, um, a match at the U.S. Open 2018. Uh, there's a huge hue and cry about it. So I'm going to use this as a junction to for us to learn. Um, I I'm going to stay by. I'm sorry that Serena's if you know retiring from the game. I hope it never happened because I absolutely love them. 
uh, it's not a blanket I love them. I take them take up for them for every match. But by and large, I, I I'm I'm more pro Williams family than anything else, uh, and I'm I'm very grateful for the lessons they taught us. I'm 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 grateful for the junctions in life that they brought us to. Um, I hope they heal from a long journey and I hope wish them all the greatest success. They're legends and they will, uh, they have inspired a generation, not just in tennis, but outside tennis also. And so I'm going to have this chapter on them. So I'm going to start by saying, uh, by quoting a quote from Roy Emerson, an Australian tennis great. It says, without ambition, one starts nothing. Without hard work, one finishes nothing. The prize will not be sent to you. You have to win it. Um, so as I uh, wrote this chapter, it is the day after the women's final of the US Open. If you guess what is coming, you may let out a sigh. A lot of tennis fans have been doing not only sighing, but a lot more for the last 24 hours. The men's final just got over a couple of hours ago, and I almost fell asleep. So this is when I uh, um, wrote the chapter in 2018, actually. The men's, uh, sorry. Um, compared to what transpired 24 hours ago, I do not know which one I could pick. Are we a spoiled generation or what? To give you some context, um, I grew up in a generation where we first started playing with wooden rackets. Many of us back then, <coughs> sorry, for many of us back then, we could not afford even that. We used to play with rackets provided by, by the local club. When I did get my first racket, I was on top of the world. I felt like a princess. I only ever had one racket at a time. It was only during my late teens that I had two rackets. They were all, always so precious to me. I treated my rackets like gold. So did most people of my generation. It was a symbol to say I owned a tennis racket. Um, to say I owned a tennis racket was an oh my god moment and a source of great pride. One day during my teenage years, we had a massive earthquake in my home city at night. No major damage, but it shook our apartment building and everything in it. While it woke people up, sometimes and and some tried to leave just in their pajamas. I grabbed my huge Boris Becker poster gave, given to me by my ex-boyfriend and my tennis racket and got ready to leave. It was quite a sight. I did not care about anyone or anything else. Those were the days. Hence, breaking a racket by banging it on the ground was something that we would not have ever dared to think of. Besides, we would have no racket to play with even after that. One thing about wooden rackets is that it taught me all. Uh, it taught me all those who played tennis control, balance, and how to maneuver a point. Not power, as those wooden rackets never gave you power. If you ask someone from my generation or other generations before me, they tell you to the same thing. Anyone who has ever played tennis with a wooden racket will also tell you that as tennis world transferred to aluminium then fiberglass rackets we lost control we gave up control and balance for power ironically this simple fact my dear readers is a metaphor for life not just in tennis but in society on the whole those wooden rackets although i did not know it then taught me more than my parents my society my culture my education my church my heritage everyone else had to balance life 
the importance of maneuvering, control, and a whole lot more. Of course, needless to say, I did not catch on very fast. I faltered a lot, and once I transferred to fiberglass rackets, I fell in love with the power the new rackets were able to generate while settling right in, thinking I was going to win everything with that boundless power coming from my racket strings. Needless to say, I was wrong. That is what is wrong with society today, and one has been for a very long time. Uh, that is what was wrong at the 2018 US Open Finals women's match. One person, however, who showed us where the tennis world, and more importantly, the planet as a whole, has gone completely off the rails was the winner of that match, someone ironically of the new generation. Someone who more than likely has never played with a wooden racket, a 20-year-old Japanese Haitian by the name of Naomi Osaka. Her poise, class, control, balance, style, and power was a lesson to a planet gone wrong. Sometimes, unfortunately, we need power to get our message across. In our world where we have made so many mistakes as a civilization, in order to get that message through and be heard, we have to go do unruly things, the descent to where we are started, uh, where we are now started a long time back. Very often we have control and poise, but we cannot get the job done. Sometimes we have power and we're able to get the job done, but are lacking in control and balance. That balance has been ever so uh, elusive for 8 billion of us earthlings, except one. That person was the winner on a calm New York evening in September, or as Sinatra would sing, Queen of the Hills. Maybe King, but I will use Queen for this chapter. Do we all have to learn a lot from her? Balance, power, poise, uh, class, control, and a great trophy, not to mention the winner's check to go with it. To all those who have never played with a wooden racket, my advice to you to all would be to ask around anyone who has an old one. Try playing with it and it will teach you a lot about life. Osaka ironically reminded me of a young Serena Williams and Venus, who in their younger days, even if the whole stadium was booing, even when the com commentators were against them, even when their own American fans took up for their opponents, or whatever people said to them, they held their heads up high and played their game. They poised a lot of they po they had poise a lot of class back then. They were also well mannered, and really well brought up. I I also always admired their parents. They who took a lot of heat for how they brought up their daughters, but they were always so gracious and poised. They always cheered their daughters' opponents and always smiled at whatever the score. I have to say I admire them for more than what they have been through and still bring up children the way they did. I always wanted parents like them and wondered what I did in my last life to have gotten wrong in this one. Why could I have not been given parents like Orosine and Richard? Not to say that William's sisters were perfect, but they have managed to rise above the status quo a lot more than most people on this planet. As a big fan of the Williams family, to say the least, yesterday was a nightmare. Um, out of touch and completely below the waist, the belt. It should have been a celebration about people of African descent. How, how they had come a long way. Would we have dreamt 
20 years ago that we would have two girls of African descent in a Grand Slam final, one of whom would be representing Japan. Serena has always talked about how difficult it has been for African people to get somewhere in life. So more than the US Open trophy on her 24th Grand Slam title celebrating the African spirit should have not been only on her mind but on everyone's mind. After all, she was the inspiration behind the journey. The multitude of African girls and boys who are playing tennis or any sport today all over the world have been directly or indirectly inspired and empowered by her success and that of her sister Venus, especially her certain Naomi Osaka. That she went on to argue about a point here and there, slam her racket into a heap of twisted metal, um, was astounding. What went wrong? To give you an idea briefly about what happened in tennis, for those who do not follow the sport, a coach or a member of the player's team cannot coach the player while the match is still on. Uh, not in the Grand Slam tournament. A coach was caught giving hand signals to Serena, which she denied, but to which she later admitted. Many coaches disgustingly break rules uh, and coach their players in the men's and women's field and are often not caught. Since they're not caught, they think they can keep doing it until they are caught. Then they play the victim card and oh, well, how can you card? And that's hypocrisy card. Uh, anything to hide their blatant transgressions. Here is the card I choose, uh, I ch I choose to use. If you want equal opportunity, you must take equal responsibility. To this credit, to his credit, Serena's coach did admit he was coaching. If you're caught making an offense in tennis first time, you're given a warning. The second, you get a point taken off and a code violation is given. The third, you can lose the game. This is exactly what happened in the final match of the US uh, 2018 um, US Open final. For some players, they could, they could even forfeit the match, which is at the discretion of the tournament and its management. Often players, parents and coaching staff are banned from tournaments. For people to say it's not fair to penalize a player for the actions of the coach, when you enter a tournament, you sign a form agreeing to the terms and conditions. The above rule is one of them. It is also the responsibility of the player to make sure that his or her entourage understands these rules. If one has any displeasure with the rules, you take it up with the management and not offload your unhappiness on court or pretend you are fighting for some principles. Coaching violations and offenses happen to the best of players and to the worst. It is a myth to say that only women get violations, but men do not do so much. So why did Serena's divas moment of 2018 come into play? We must understand a simple fact that Serena Williams, as John McEnroe once put it, will go down as one of the most influential players, uh, athletes ever. She achieved that no one else in the world of tennis has in the open era. She is known to have most com the most complete game in women's tennis. She is consistent. Her longevity has spanned more than many moons. She is a role model for millions all over the world, male and female. She is inspirational, driven, mature, educated, and many other superlatives that one could think of. Her career has been a roller coaster ride of ups and downs. This is what has endured fans to even more. Even after going to rock bottom, she is able to pick herself up and rise to the pinnacle of sport 
of tennis unforeseen by anyone. This last stretch has been one of motherhood, where after giving birth barely a year ago, she has reached two Grand Slam finals. She also has had to fight for every severe for some severe health issues right after giving birth due to complications, which endears her drive to the top of the tennis world, a lot more sweeter to her legions of fans around the world. This is what her fans do not understand, though. Why? What made her stoop so low? Did she not do any... Uh, what she, she did not do what she did. Even her most ardent supporters were left shaking their heads after last night's meltdown, which she really did not do. I, for one, started the tournament taking up the Williams sisters. However, I took up for Osaka during the final as I'm of Asian descent. I am so happy that an Asian was in the final, especially Japanese. I'm a big fan of Japan. As a leader in Asia, many of our countries uh, aspire to be like them. Osaka was one half who was also half Haitian, a country and a people that I adore. Uh, she seemed so calm and composed with great all-round game. I thought it would be a great moment for both countries. However, when the match started, you could see it was one-sided. I felt Serena and wanted her to play uh, better. Uh, after she received the coaching violation, I said to myself, this is going to push her to play better. It's going to relaunch her game. It did for a short while, but not for long. Her game went downhill from there. What transpired was almost reminiscent of World War II attack. Now we have all seen outbursts from different players all over the world, male and female. But then came something relatively new and relative to, to the times we live in. Serena threw in the I am the mother card, the women's card. Uh, later during the mandatory interview, it was the sexist card, the feminism card. I am fighting for women's rights card. Okay, so I don't know how much Nike is paying her, but it was disgusting. Despicable, insulting, and no woman wants to use this method to fight for any rights or justice. Then Serena used an incident involving another player early in the tournament, which had no implication on her incident, only to make her point of the women's rights. Marry the two inc incidents together, blur the lines, and plow an agenda. In the bargain, it becomes a beautiful way to camouflage your own transgressions. Clearly, the new Nike ad has an effect on her. If this is how Nike wants to inspire people, I will never, I am never buying another piece of Nike apparel again. Nike is the ancient Greek goddess of victory, and I do not think that ancient goddesses like Nike, Nike had this scenario or business agenda in mind. We do not need more fighting or any type of aggression in this world. Off the topic, I will take a moment to say to Nike, kneeling and disrespecting the flag is also not respectable. Acceptable. There are dozens of ways of getting your message across. A flag represents positive and negative. Tears and joys of millions of people in a land. I would not respect a country's flag even for my worst enemy. So it's so solemn to me. It is very slippery slope to venture towards and my friends are and my friends this is the problem. Now Nike has institutionalized this concept of promoting this insult with huge with a huge contract to people propagating this activist activism asking people to fight for anything even if it means losing everything.
This is why we got moments like we did at the 2018 US Open final. It does not mean the outburst would not happen, but it would not have disintegrated to this level. Now, people think that it's okay, and heck, they will be paid huge contracts. Can you imagine the next generation who are watching this and thinking, well, it's okay to insult the flag? This is what I, I also mean when I say, when you are weak, establishments will use you to plow an agenda. When you fall, the establishment is waiting for your irrational actions and emotions to rake in big profits while you are left taking the heat. This is also how religion would have started thousands of years ago. Not to equate the two together, it is however the same mindset that would have started it all. This is not how activi activism should be. I repeat, activism should never involve aggression. It needs to always involve dialogue, knowledge, debate. And, but when you are weak in a volatile situation, that violence could happen to the best of us. Weakness brings, about, uh, brings upon us irrational moments, often leading to some type of violence. That's why our civilization on the whole has become slaves and has not risen above the status quo. That is why establishments all over the world have and are still taking advantage of weak people. These establishments also have every interest in maintaining that status quo, obviously not saying it outright. They will use all the fancy words in the book to get you to believe in what they are doing. However, their reality is always their deep commercial pockets. When I say, therefore, it doesn't matter who you are, the color of your skin, your politics, your culture, your mentality, your ethnicity, your bank balance, this is what I meant. When you are weak and negative, you will attract negativity. People, groups, establishments will misuse you in the worst ways possible, camouflage by the fanciest of words and, most, and the most um, attract, abstract of labels. You, you being weak don't see it coming. You are blinded by all that bling and fancy words. And here we go. Here is my slogan for Nike. If you want to promote equal opportunity, you need to take equal responsibility. To go against the gender bias that every media outlet was plowing, in, including um, one particular hero of our tennis world, Billie Jean King, she tweeted some words of support to Serena Williams and then said thank you to her. So I asked Miss King in the 60s and 70s when women did not have half the opportunity that we have today, did you scream and screech so much? What would people have said to you if you ever did that? What makes you think it's right for today's world? Since there are people in our, uh, in our politically correct society not willing to call out this mentality, but enforce a corrosive paradigm, we have the problems we have today. In my youth, if I ever did such a thing, I would be slapped outright. Today we get, thank you. People then wonder why we have so much of violence in our society and at our borders. This is the source of our problems. We applaud this behavior. Some youngsters watching will replicate it, then, it's, then it is intimidated um, by millions of youth, then it becomes a mentality and it overflows onto our streets, where we then need more police officers, 
Not to mention when police officers do their job, we call them out as police brutality. This mentality then rules our streets um, um, and eventually it will overflow to our borders. So did anyone think before saying thank you? I am not even sure if Serena's parents would approve of this behavior and there are some of the most serene people on this planet. I remember John McCain's mother once said she would wash her son's mouth for cursing her Vietnam captors. Coming from someone that is myself who has sworn a lot and uh, used a lot of foul language, has a lot of internal internalized aggression due to an abusive childhood, who has vented out a lot of my emotions through sport, I not only found Serena's antics out of place, but the support she got from the tennis elite and the media was simply outrageous. I never externalized my emotions in a sport Serena by yelling at someone else, even though I spent most of my life being forced to repress energy positive and negative. Labeling it as gender bias would be absurd. In an incident earlier in the tournaments in the tournament towards a French player while having changed her shirt from the wrong side to the right side in front of the crowd, as she had not worn her shirt properly after the heat break, it was it was a gender bias. Men can take off their clothes but not women. Bias, it was rightly called out. Women getting equal pay at Grand Slams uh, playing at the best of three sets instead of the best of five is also gender bias. If women want equal pay, I think they should play an equal amount of sets. Women, would anyone like to call that one out too? No courage or gender bias is more like it. Fake feminism is what I call. A bias is a bias. It has nothing to do with gender. We would have a lot of biases in society against them and for men as well as against for women. We use labels to camouflage the real problem but forget the mentality below. We call it out when it suits our vested interest and are silent when it does not. It is not the label that defines the mentality. It is the mentality that defines the labels. It is our currents that form the waves. So the 2018 US Open Women's Final was one event where the female gender bias was used to get out of a bad situation. Here is the reality or the duality of the situation. In life, we expect our police officers and referees to penalize us for our wrongdoings. Um, however, that is not our job. The real job of an officer is to maintain the law and order, balance and the smooth functioning of society. Same for a referee in sports, game or any sort of contest. It does not job, it's not their job to penalize people, to give tickets or penalties. The duality of which, the duality of this is people are supposed to behave in society and live within the rules. We are supposed to be taught by our parents and families that doing something wrong is bad, whether we get caught or not. We are not told to go ahead and beat up whoever you want until you get caught. That is completely wrong. And if you're caught, scream all you want and blame others if they are not being penalized like you. No, we are told such and such is a rule and it's not supposed to be broken. We are also more than often than not used to hearing these are the rules, get used to it or I will be the first one to slap you if you break them. If someone gives you a slap first, I will give you two later. 
This is what our parents told us. This is how most of us were brought up in society. Yes, we lived in fear, which is not right too, but neither is the opposite. We are also supposed to work with our leadership and police officers in society or the referees in a sport to play the game within its rules and ethics. And that is why the beginning of the Olympic Games, right at the opening ceremony, athletes take a note to be responsible and truthful to the sport and its code of ethics. They are not told to break the rules when you are caught uh, scream and look at all those who, who did not get pulled up too. However, this that is not how life or sport plays out. We all have a bad attitude of pushing the envelope and breaking the rules until we get caught is what we say. Just don't get caught is what the reality is. When we do get caught, we have some we have become so cheeky a civilization that we even dare to pretend that we're victims and dare to swear at our officers of society in manners that say, How dare you even think of catching me? Or don't you know I pray to God I would never do that? I'm a poor little immigrant. It's racism, sexism, Islamophobia, xenophobia, feminism, and all the isms you can think of just as an excuse. That is when the leadership our referees in life have to come in to step in. They end up spending more time penalizing us for not doing their job and not living within the rules that are supposed to be part of our duality and our responsibility. They cannot call out our offenses in society. It would be disastrous. If our officers give out tickets and penalties at every nook and corner without hesitation, we would say, gosh, the only thing about penalizing us. What a society we live in. This is going back to the time of Nazis. A warning is supposed to serve as a reminder not just to the people involved, but to all of society. But we never listen. Uh, sorry, we never listen. A, a warning which says, you are on the wrong track, pull yourself together. Again, we never listen. It is also a reminder to others that we cannot get away with something. Be careful someone is watching you. Instead, we have a bad attitude of, oh, it will never happen to me. I know my way around these fools. But when the next stop is us, then comes the dramatics, and look who's looks like a stable fool then. Fool then. And we scream, bias, bias. Let me repeat again for those who did not understand. Life is a duality. It's our currents that form the waves. Our officers in society are not supposed to and cannot give out warnings and code violations all the time. It is the responsibility of us to live within the rules of the society and facilitate its smooth functioning. We are not supposed to wait to get caught, then cry bias to camouflage, camouflage our transgressions whether the person on the other side is getting caught or not. There, are, there was definitely a bias on that September night in New York against the referee. It pointed directly at him and on a bigger context at our officers in society, who made them solely responsible for everyone's acts and... Dis um, uh, and sorry, it, it pointed directly to the referee and in a bigger context, other officers in society who made them um, solely responsible for everyone's acts and mis misdemeanors without society taking responsibility of doing our bit and living within the rules of the games of life. That New York night in September in 2018 was a mirror image of how a law 
our society and civilization as a whole has stooped to. Quickly to add to this topic, many in the media have called out the referee to take responsibility for not having defused the situation. A referee is not paid to be a babysitter. We are all adults. Serena, in her particular situation, is a seasoned veteran. We are, um, she is what is considered by Tennis World an elder statesman. She has in the past sunk to the lowest of depths, but has been able to rise above the lows at the, to the highest pinnacle of sport. She has been won before and she has had many coaching violations as, as well as penalties. She does not, at this stage of her life career, need someone to advise her to how to defuse a situation. N nor has she to be told what a warning or code violation is. She, like most of us in society, are adults. We can use context to explain situations, but not excuse our faults. Serena was ironically also applauded for defusing that situation at the post-match ceremony. She did try, but I'm afraid it did not work. She asked the crowd to stop booing to be positive. We can get through this together, but it was not enough. One could feel the negative energy. Serena was asked, had asked the Empire to apologize early on for her perceived antics. However, did she apologize to the crowd? No. The crowd was still fuming, and then they passed the mic to Osaka. She saved the day for humanity. Her humble demeanor melted the crowd. The crowd was stunned. They then came the responsibility, which was not of her making, but she took it over. She was the one who apologized to everyone and for everyone. Then she thanked the crowd for Serena. Oh my God, I know I was humble at that moment. For not having her attitude. She had grace and willpower and will get full marks. It silenced the crowd and energy and the energy changed from neg negative to positive. Not anyone else on that stage had, had the courage to do what Naomi did that September night in New York. We need more for Saka. Many made a generations of athletes to come in from whichever sport. Study this girl and how she was brought up that they may have a better understanding of what is needed by them to be that champion they would want to be. May her demeanor also be studied by fans so that they understand what is required by them as spectators in sport. Congratulations to her parents on doing a fantastic job. Another very important point in this scenario is a simple fact of life. When you are at the summit of your field, the spotlight is on you. The path at the top is very narrow. You ev your every move is analyzed and if you and it is you who maneuver that narrow part. If you are able to do the same with your head held high, use the negative and positive to your advantage. Um, if you are able to rise up above the status quo, empower yourself and at the same time empower others. You will endear yourself to generations to come. Serena Williams and her family has done a lot of that already. They are so close to the summit. All of us uh, want her and her family to get there. It benefits all of us in our lifetime, including the generations to come. I wish her and her sister only that they leave any negative cards they hold behind. Sorry, they leave out any negative cards they hold behind. Join the dots and balance that electromagnetic field that forms their sequence. I wish they may understand the currents so that the waves turn to a calm blue ocean sea. Very importantly, all the top of 
players, all the top players in the tennis on the women's side and the men's have been called out for violations. Andy Murray at the Olympic Games in 2016, Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, even Serena's sister Venus has been warned. Going back to our favorite John McEnroe, Ili Nastasi, Jeff Tarango, well, you are an elite athlete, the spotlight is on you, and the referees and the fans will recognize your action above all others. It is up to you to play that fine line. If referees do not call out top players, then they are cursed again and accused of preferential treatment. Like the 2018 FIFA World Cup, where the likes of Ronaldo and other superstars were not called up for their actions and falls. The fans were furious. Again, some athletes were penalized with their lives like Monica Seles, who was stabbed. Uh, so do you see her screaming sexism, feminism, gender bias? She was never the same player ever again. Now, she was someone who could not have won 24 titles. But her stabbing due to the fact that she had, was a number one, uh, she was number one, and her rival Steffi Graf was pushed to number two, was enough for a reason to be stabbed by a crazy fan. Do you ever see Celis using it as an excuse to get somewhere in life? Then she came back to coach. She did not even have a protected ranking. Imagine if this was Serena Williams, all hell would have broken loose. Racism would be thrown out at every angle, and but Celis was European, so it was okay. To stab her, not once, but twice, with the same way she was treated by other players on her return. Another important point to note is that most male players, after they receive that first warning, they always calm down or reduce their antics to a notch or two lower. The ladies, however, you know how we are ladies, we go on and on and on and never seem to understand, especially top players of the new generation. One would never see players from an era gone by coming on with the antics like this. Our current crop of top players have completely forgotten the amazing opportunity they have to play a sport professionally, something available to a few women in the world. They think it is their God-given right an opportunity that comes with a responsibility. I want to briefly talk about the crowd at the Arthur Ashe Stadium that night. They were booing and yelling. I could not figure out if it was for Serena or against her. Whoever they were talking, whoever they were taking it for, it was unruly and insulting. Many comments on social media called them out. People apologized to Japan and spectators for this unruly American behavior. New York also took the heat for their uncivilized, rowdy citizens. I was upset too, to say the least. But take a step back. I have been to New York several times. Their locals are fabulous, might I add. I have never had a single problem except the crowds that descend on that city daily from all over the planet. But when you go into a sports stadium, Adrenaline takes you over. Sport is also vent for your emotions and stress that we accumulate, whether we are athletes or fans. When the valve opens, the steam just flows and we have no control over ourselves. I try to picture myself as a hockey game. Whether you go to Montreal or Toronto, um, you can go anywhere in Canada, walk the streets and you will love it. People are nice. Now, you come to the you come to the hockey stadium 
for a match against a home team and you won't know where you are. The temperature goes up, the tempers flare, people boo, national anthems. Even when our team is in the wrong, we scream and yell and throw our weight behind them. We do not accept our failures, but instead we yell in unison, referees suck. I'm telling you, it is my go-to phrase. Even if we are at home watching TV, we scream at the referees. <coughs> Sorry about that. This includes myself. Can you imagine what I'm telling myself when I tell, let out this unruly comment? Every time you point the finger at others, you show them a mirror image of who you are. So I take this opportunity and my responsibility, responsibility to say to the US Open referee of the 2018 Women's Final, as well as referees all, of all sports wherever in the world. Dear Sir Mr. Ramos, the referee of the 2018 Women's Single US Open Final, um, we apologize to you for the events of, of, the, of the US Open Women's Final in 2018. You were impeccable, but more importantly, so are the people uh, who profess your profession. We as a society forget to understand and acknowledge your tiresome and underpaid and often thankless hard work you and your colleagues do around the world. We give thank you for your dedication in spite of our small, of our often senile attitude, unruliness, pathetic behavior, and ingratitude. We promise to try to be more understanding of the tireless work you and your colleagues do while trying to contribute to working and playing within the rules of sport and life as a whole. So yes, we have to apologize to the referee of the 2018 US Open final because he was treated very badly. Um, I come to another point at this junction. Um, I would like to bring this up. Um, and it's it's been mentioned in hush hush tones uh, for a very long time. Serena and Venus Williams are a class apart. No one in the last two decades has come even close to their accomplishments. They have together carried the WTA on their back through time. Their revenues uh, they generated is second to none. When they play at a tournament, people come in hordes. When they pull out, attendances are down. They are to the WTA what is known as a cash cow. The WTA is knowing that their potential has milk knowing their potential has milked these two girls completely. They are an ATM machine card to the organization. With Serena and William and Venus, the WTA would have been in, without Serena and Venus, the WTA would have been in a financial crisis a long time ago. No female athlete has come close to these two girls. No female athlete has had this consistency, power, longevity, the star, the quality and of Venus and her sister. Now, if you ask what or who is the WTA, that is exactly the problem. It stands for Women's Tennis Association. Ask anyone outside tennis, the tennis world, about the WTA and you will get a her, what, who. Even within the tennis world, a player who plays tennis for recreational purposes will have no clue what the WTA is. It is only among those who follow professional tennis that you will get an answer to your question. However, however, if you say Serena Williams, you might get an answer. Not always a good one, but definitely an answer. You might get, oh, that African-American, oh, that tennis player with bulging muscles, some nasty and some good comments. 
My point here, however, is people know who they are. Now ask anyone another question. Who is Sidney Crosby, Wayne Gretzky, and you will get NHL. Say Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille uh, O'Neal, and you will get the NBA. Say Alex Rodriguez, and you will get Major League Baseball. Say Michel Kwan, and you will get ISU figure skating. So why does no one know about the WTA? Uh, we all get pathetic excuses out there, but the bottom line of the story is um, is the is the dub is that the management of the WTA that the women's that is the women's tennis association has been sleeping on the switch. They have done practically no marketing or branding of their product, not sufficiently enough to at least to make a dent. Their business model is ridiculous, in my opinion. They have also not developed enough of talent around the world from the pool of youth out there to enlarge their market share and tap into new markets of Asia, Africa and South America. They have banked on Serena and Venus for their revenue without giving a thought about what happens when they retire. That will soon come. Five years tops. Maybe a little more. What then? What happens to their revenue? Is this ever so competitive is this ever so competitive a world where we are chasing after the smallest of market shares to stick our foot in the narrowest of doorways? What happens after William, the Williams sisters retire? Who will go on to that WTA website besides ardent diehard fan, tennis fans? No one. Why then have they been sleeping on the switch? Not sold or have not branded their product with efficiency of other sports organizations? Well, they are used to Serena and Venus. They have rebranded their image and story to plow their agenda. Now that they know that the sisters' tenure as active players is coming to an end, they are panicking. It is like we say in tennis, move your feet, move your feet, keep moving. Do not stop, get ready for the next shot. Why? Well, if you stop moving your feet, you become stagnant. Then when your opponent hits a shot out of your reach, you have to scramble to return it and tend to make mistakes, besides not putting your full force behind the shot. This also leaves the court open. Hence, even if you return the first shot, the second shot will end the point as the court will be wide open, leaving the opponent to just hit in the wide open court and win the point. That is why a coach asks you to keep moving um, your feet, as they say. In ice hockey, we say the same. Skate, 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 don't stop moving your feet. Footwork is so important. This simple fact is a metaphor for life. You need to eternally keep working, innovating, adjusting and evolving in the sport just as life. To just to stay afloat, not rebranding other people's legacy and accomplishments. The WTA has become an establishment, reminiscent of the, all the other establishments of the world. Establishments that have never changed for a thousand years. This is how religion would have started 3,000 years ago. They rebranded an image and legacy of charismatic men of their time, uplifted them to holier-than-thou status, then plowed their holy agenda on their backs for generations to come, milking their legacy along the way, while empowering their pockets that of their feudal and greedy lords. All this while the poor people on, on the ground have to submit and suffocate in slavery. Then they collapse. Times have not changed. The mentality has remained the same, but the labels have, uh, have 
but the labels have changed. But it's, it's the mentality that defines the label, not the label that defines the mentality. Uh, so for the WTA to have stu be stuck in this hole is inexcusable. Double that with the fact that they have camouflaged their failures behind the legacy of a few successful athletes who have come to achieve what they have on their own strength is astounding in ways. Even if you say that the Williams sisters are one of a kind, greatness is achieved by only a few that is unique to a generation. The next generation, we are sure to find another Serena and another Williams, or collectively, all the athletes on tour can match the aura and legacy of the Williams sisters together. I'm afraid that will not happen, at least not in the near future. I wish it would, but I, I would not bet on it. Individually and collectively, women's tennis does not have anyone who can match the Williams. Now, that is a bias not bought upon, brought upon by men. It, is on, it only means one thing in our modern competitive world. The road ahead for the WTA Tour is going to be a bumpy one, and they have only themselves to blame. Now, that is what Serena Williams meant when she screamed that calm September evening at the Arthur Ashe Stadium. You know my character. Again, this is my opinion only. I believe she meant, look, I have been there for you folks all these years. I have silently allowed you to drive your agenda on my back. I have stood by you for two decades. I have carried you on my shoulders all along, as far as I can remember. I've been there for you when you needed me the most. Now you bring this on me? It does not excuse her antics that night, nor was it right for her opponent, nor her fans around the world. However, using the bigger picture, she has a point. All I'm saying is that she should have taken it up with the organization behind the scenes. The WTA was right to fine her $17,000, but in the bigger picture, after all the money she has made them, using her name, it seemed to be hilarious. Both sides were wrong in this scenario. No one came out as a winner. It was a dormant tsunami waiting to happen. A dormant volcano that was bound to explode. I hope this event will be a learning experience for all of us and something good will come out of it in the future. As a marketing strategy, the 2018 US Open lost a huge responsibility, a huge opportunity. Now that week, prior to the final, we lost two great Africans, or people of African descent. Aretha Franklin and Kofi Annan passed away. Love them or not, they are two inspirational people, not just for Africans, but for people all over the world. They inspire millions, if not billions. Their legacy will also be used for generations to come. We'll also leave a void, in which, which is in the first few months will hurt and, and, and be discussed a lot. What better way to continue their legacy and talk about a new generation of inspirational youth waiting to take on that mantle and continue that inspiration. To let Serena and Naomi inspire their fellow Africans all over the world who are looking for that spark, that inspiration, that footing in life. The 2018 US Open Finals would have been a great way to join the dots. It would take a good marketing strategy to match that soul, which we have often used in the same sentence as Aretha with the passion of Serena, while the calmness of Kofi Annan would be matched with that of Naomi Osaka. But no. 
the USTA and the WTA talked about Serena and a 24 Grand Slam uh, title only. They concentrated everything on her. When she blew up, the entire castle of sand came tumbling down. Something that would not would have would have not happened if they have not put all their eggs in one basket. One very last point I would like to make is Serena's health. I watched her videos over and over, and I could see her strained face with nerves clearly evident. They were almost bursting at their seams. Now I'm not a doctor, nor do I have any kind of professional scientific knowledge or expertise to boast of. What I do have is a deep history of family medical bias, which includes high blood pressure uh, and blood clots based on the experience. I know that when an individual has high blood pressure or blood clot problems, they lose control of their problems. It is like a pressure valve. Increase the pressure, but keep the lid on and see what you'll get. Similarly, the human body will work in the same manner. Just as playing sports, your pressure rises. Add, a, add to that high-stakes tournament where you are striving for a place in history. Now add the frustration of not being able to control that match and dictate play. Add to that an effort that will leave that that still leaves you on the losing side. That would automatically increase your pressure, especially for someone who has had prior medical issues. When your pressure rises up like a pressure cooker, it is looking to release steam and vent its energy. It loses control and you are normally told to stay away from it as it's going to blow. Nothing you say is going to calm down the situation except opening that valve. The human body is the same. When your blood pressure goes up, you lose control. You need to let that steam out, but you have no control of what you say or do at that point because the excess pressure builds up and has taken control over you. Serena should never have been playing that match. Absolutely never. She had just come back from childbirth barely a year ago. That which brought about complications. She had to fight for her life and she was fighting against blood clots. Who or what is more important over here? Serena's life? some tennis title or place in history book. Um, what would we all say if Serena was six feet below the ground instead of being up and about, give, living life until she's 100 with more, than, with more children and grandchildren and many stories to tell the generations to come after her? All of this instead of us learning of her exploits in a rebranded history book to suit someone's agenda. I apologize for having to say this, but it's important, and I know it's not my place to give anyone advice. It is just an analysis of an event. I would love for her to win many more tournaments, but at the same time, I don't care. More importantly, I want her alive and well. More importantly than anything in this entire world, as a fan of the Williams family, as a fan of tennis and a fan of sport in general, I know her family has always made their children's health the very important and the most important thing. She has often spoken about how her parents told her, both in her sister and herself, if you're not feeling well, do not play. I am sure that Serena's entourage and that of her sisters are doing their very best. She would not have achieved so much otherwise, but now it's time for her parents' advice uh, to be given to her again, and it would mean the most. For the rest of us fans, 
I hope this chapter has given you a little more insight into the world of tennis, positive and negative. It never hurts to take up a racket and play a few games. Tennis is a great sport to play, nor does it hurt to have the dialogue with people to gain more knowledge. So as to debate the happenings around us, because every junction is an intellectual laboratory. Remember, more importantly, if you want equal opportunity, you need to take equal responsibility. So on that, my dear friends, I will leave you. I thank you for your time. I wish Serena all the very best. I absolutely love her. Thank you so much for the, for the memories, for the instances, for all the joys that you've given us, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows. We love them all. We wish you all the best, happiness, prosperity to you and your family. And I hope that you um, may achieve more in your retirement than you have in your playing career. And I hope I wish you all the best to your descendants and, and children to come. To your parents and your family, I say thank you for giving us you and your sister. I thank you for for their their journey. I thank them for the lessons they have provided us and to the sacrifices they have made. Um, I wish them all the peace in the world and I wish all of you that you may enjoy sport and the memories. Do not forget to... To research Serena Williams, her story, her Williams family, they are a great family, ups, the downs, and the highs, the lows. They represent all of us, the yin and the yang, and we have a lot to learn from them and be inspired by them, by them and move on to the future. Heal, reconcile, and, and rejuvenate ourselves to be a better civilization. Um, thank you very much for your time. I wish you peace, my friends. Cheers, until we meet again.